Hello. Hello. I'm Koel. And I'm Kenna. Welcome back to Diagnosing a Killer. This has been a minute. Yeah. We're back! Woohoo! So much has changed. Not really. We're just really busy. Yeah, really busy. Too busy. Too, too busy. Just too busy. I think for the past three or four weeks, we've been like, okay, we're going to record this week. And then it comes to the day we come to the room and we're like, yeah, I have so much to do. so much (laughs) to do. (laughs) But we finally got part two finished and I'm really excited to hear it because just like the listeners, I have no idea what's going to (laughs) happen. So let's get on with it. So when we last left off, I think Andre had about... 16 victims around this time. Um, So this is still in 1983. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, police have actually continued to capture criminals. People are continuously, like, confessing to crimes they didn't commit. IDK. Like his People do that. Yeah. They were trying to claim that his crimes were other... Or that, yeah, were theirs. I never understand that. Like, why would you want... I know that, like, one of the gains i guess from that is like popularity quote unquote yeah. not really like infamous like you know but other than that what the fuck why would you want to go to jail i've i've seen i've heard stories or seen cases where people do it to like scare someone like they're like i i don't remember who it was but it was somebody that was at a bar and was like oh yeah i i totally killed that person when they didn't and it was like to gloat or to seem dangerous to the person that they're talking to. I don't know, man. I think that's a stupid thing to take credit for. But and then I also think that there's some people that just want a place to stay. That's and true. Eat. I can see like people that have been in prison like their whole lives kind of wanting to go back. Yeah. Because that makes sense. Like that's their routine. That's their, you know, it's familiar. Right. Of course the bodies continue to pile up because Andre has not been caught and he just keeps like the amount of times that he kills increases per year, for the most part, if you look at it. So in September of 1983, he actually continued his rampage. Uh, his next notable victim, and again, just for time's sake, this is not out of disrespect for any of the victims, but I want to kind of keep it, because we still have a lot left. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I definitely, you know, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to name every victim, um, but I'm going to do most notables or... Things where the M.O.'s kind of mixed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So his next victim was a 19-year-old prostitute named Vera. And Vera was, again, and I said this in the last episode, this is pretty much just going to be a content warning, especially for this first half of the podcast episode, because I won't talk too much into the details, but uh, as it pertains to each victim, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, so she was mutilated and his usual mo however her eyes weren't touched and do you remember in the last episode when he had damaged the eyes Mm -hmm. of some of the victims out of potentially the superstition that you know the russian superstition that your last moments are imprinted on the back of your eyes yeah so her eyes were left alone which again we're not really sure if it was a time thing like maybe he was about to be caught or whatever she's one of the only victims that didn't have their eyes mutilated Mm -hmm. So two months later, um, a boy named named Sergi or Sergi, 
he was 14 and he was found by a rural train station after heading home from working some odd jobs around the area. So he had been emasculated and he suffered over 70 wounds before being eviscerated. What is that? <laughs> um, gutted. Oh. Yeah. It's really sad. So, um, that actually completes 1983. Oh, thank God. Okay. Oh, gosh. What's coming? So, in January and February, Andre killed two more women. One was Natalia, who was 17, and she was actually a friend of one of Andre's previous victims two years later. <gasps> Does he know? Did he know, or was it just random? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think he did. I think it was just, like, a coincidence. That's scary. But isn't that scary? Like, your friend went missing or was murdered two years before that. And, like, how do you not worry about that? And then you are put in the same situation? That is terrifying. That's terrifying. So the second victim was actually a woman. Um, her name was Marta, and this was Andre's oldest victim. She was 44. She was the one that was friends of the... No, this is a different... So one was murdered in January, one was murdered in February. Oh, I see. Okay. So the young girl um, who was 17 was the one that was the friend of the previous victim. This is another woman. Her name's Marta, and she was 44, and that's the oldest person he ever killed. That's odd. Other than that, I think maybe 27 was probably the next youngest. I wonder if that was like a, I don't want to say accidental, but like it seems so close to the one before. Yeah. And it seems so out of his MO. Maybe he like got mad and, like, lost control or, like, yeah. something happened that he was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do this here. Like, that's, I mean, that's awful to think about it that way, but, right. you know, who, who knows, like, why that yeah. changed. Yeah, and I think, of course, like, he has a type, right? He has a type that he likes to kill, presumably. In March of 1984, Andre actually came across a 10-year-old named Dimitri. Um, he was standing near a stamp, like, a stamp kiosk. Okay. And he struck up a conversation, Andre struck up a conversation with the boy over stamp collecting. Until he was ultimately lured from the area. That is, like, so innocent. It, like, right? hurts my heart. It's sad. It's so like, sad. Like, this little kid just wanted to talk about his stamps. He was so excited was about excited. it. Yeah. Ugh. So he was actually spotted by a few witnesses around the area, and they were able to give police a description of Andre. Okay. Yeah. So something kind of came out of that, right? Um, however, it didn't stop the murder. Dimitri was found three days later. Oh. Um but this was actually one of the more substantial scenes as far as forensics go. So at the scene, they found footprints, um, semen samples, and saliva all taken at the scene, which was like the first time that they had really collected yeah. anything. So in May, Andre actually killed a woman named Tatiana, um, and she was murdered with a hammer in front of her 10-year-old daughter, Svetlana. Isn't that the same name as his sister? Oh, yeah, it is. Wow, what a dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she was murdered in front of her 10-year-old daughter named okay. Svetlana, and that then he awful. proceeded to kill Svetlana. Oh my god. And again, content warning, he actually decapitated her, oh. so her head wasn't found until several days later. <gasps> That's so awful. But this case was actually interesting because it was found out years later during the investigation that Tatiana and Svetlana actually knew Andre for like several years before they were dead. So it was clearly somebody that the mother trusted, that Tatiana yeah. trusted. I mean, t to bring her 10-year-old around him for an extended period of time, right. you have to have somewhat of a trust or knowledge of who that person is. Right. 
So by the end of July, Andre would actually kill three more victims, 21-year-old Yelena, 13-year-old Dimitri, who was um, actually headed to receive a health certificate for summer camp on his way from being lured, and then a 19-year-old named Anna, who was headed home from the dentist. Just, like, such casual things. Like, everyday things. You're just trying to get on the bus or the train. Yeah. So by the summer, Andre was actually fired from his job as a uh, supply clerk for allegedly stealing, um, which is something that he denies. Yeah. It was probably workplace harassment. Probably, yeah. He he said that it, he was he never stole, but that's why he was fired. Mm. Um, and by August, he actually found work in the same field. So the day after he finds his new job, Andre attacks and kills a 16-year-old girl named Natalia in a park. She was on her way to visit her sister at the time. Yeah, Scout's Honor. I never stole anything, but I just killed all but these people. But I just people. murder people. Like, I'm not a thief, though. I'm not a thief. That's one thing I am I, not. Yeah. I am not a thief, and I am not a liar, sir. Like, what the hell? <laughs> so this will be five days later. On the 7th, he would kill again. This time it was a 17-year-old named Ludmilla. He's going, like, real Real back hard. Back. Real hard. Like, what is this? It's, you said it's June by now, and there's, like, this eight is... victims already? Well, okay, so we had the two women at the beginning, right? At the begin- So that would have been uh, January and February was Natalia and Marta, the older lady. Then in March, so it's basically once a month yeah. here. So uh, then Dimitri was in March. And the um, mother-daughter. The mother-daughter, that was in May. And then by the end of July, he would have three more. Yeah, so May, I think all three of them were in July around the same time. So this is by the summer, July, this is probably, I think August 1st was when he got the job, and August 2nd was when he would kill Natalia. Yeah. Jesus. Andre actually lured uh, Ludmila with his usual MO. He knew a shortcut rather than taking the bus or whatever it was. Ludmilla was actually um, slashed at, and then she was dismembered. However, this time, it would be shown through examination that he cut her in a very methodical way. It looked like he had tortured her before. So they were cuts that weren't meant to kill. Yeah. And this is, like, one of the first times, again, that he's changing up this MO. he's experimenting, which is disgusting. Right. So mere hours after the attack on Ludmila, Andre actually boarded a flight for a business trip to Uzbekistan. Hours. He's like, yeah, boss, just running late. I'm just going to go dismember someone I'm just going to dismember someone. Oh, got to catch a flight. That's so sick. He would kill twice while he was on his business trip. One was an unidentified young lady about 20 to 25 years old who was found on the banks of a river. She was killed somewhere between the 8th and the 11th. This would be, like, yes. And she went unidentified. So the second victim was 10-year-old Akmaral, who had actually run away from home, and she was lured off a train by Andre. She was killed on the 13th and was found in a cornfield um, within the day. So once returning home on the 28th of August, Andre would kill an 11-year-old named Alexander. He was attacked on the banks of a river, and he was left mere yards away from where he had killed and left Ludmila's body. Oh my god. Just three weeks earlier. That was the one that he killed before he left. This is like 
Okay, first of all, why the fuck haven't I caught this guy yet? And second of all, like, he is so all over the place and sporadic. And it yes. seems like with all of these, like, back to back to back, obviously you can't wait to kill. How has he not gotten caught or left any more evidence in that? That's ridiculous. I will get to that. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you how. <laughs> so on September 6th, Irina was on her way to the sauna when she encountered Andre. She was attacked and killed in the same park that had previously seen at least six other of his victims. Bro, monitor the fucking park. park There's right? been six other victims there? Right? Oh my god. So at this point, Andre has now claimed 32 lives. Jeez. Andre wouldn't kill again for almost a year. What? That's Why weird. Why do you ask? <laughs> One fateful day on September 13th, 1984, a week after killing Irina, Andre was spotted by two detectives posing that were posed undercover at a bus station. <gasps> okay, so... He was attempting to talk to young women and lure them away from the area, right? No. This attempt was unsuccessful, and Andre began to, like, walk through the city and attempting to talk to more girls and young women as he walked. What a fucking creep. He was also noticed by the detectives as committing acts of, um, fratuism? Farting? No, fratuism. Flatuism. Fratuism. Basically, he was attempting to rub himself on people without them noticing. How would you not notice something like Like, that? Like when you're bumping through a crowd and you just are like grazing yourself on people. That's what he was doing. Get your parts away from me. That is so (laughs) gross. Your lack of parts. Also, he's never... Sorry, but like no boner over here. Like only ever jizz with violence so but what I, is his goal I, I think it's the fact that it because it's not consensual like that's in his mind so gross isn't that gross that's literally so gross it's so gross so after seeing this the detectives took andre into custody and when andre was searched the officers found an eight inch blade lengths of rope and like my opinion the creepiest part is a jar of lubricant uh, i know <laughs> Like, if somebody was checking out in the hardware store, and they had, like, a hammer, and, like, some rope, and a blade, and then lube, you'd be like, oh, God. Ew, what was he doing with that? So once taken into jail for holding, they actually discovered that Andre was wanted for outstanding issues with the previous employer that had uh, accused him of theft. Oh, okay. So the one that he claimed, like, he didn't steal. (laughs) So this actually gave investigators... (laughs) I didn't steal anything. (laughs) (laughs) So, <laughs> but it actually gave investigators more time to hold Andre. They began to, like, uncover more about Andre's past, including the accusations of misconduct with his students, remember? <gasps> Finally! I know, right? Light. Jesus. <laughs> creepy. So, <laughs> um, he actually also matched the description that the witnesses had given that was luring Dimitri away, right? You don't say. Mm-hmm. It's all coming together. Well, what a coincidence. We arrested that guy over there that said he did it. I mean, that yeah. has to be it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks nothing like him. So with this, police had probable cause to obtain a DNA sample from Andre. Oh, they found what the DNA is last seen. However, the DNA that Andre provided did not match the DNA collected at Dimitri's murder scene. Ew. No. Medical examiners had actually collected six different samples from various scenes, and although this actually worked to connect all six of these crimes together and absolve other suspects that had, you know, confessed or whatever it is, 
All six were classified as AB type. Andrei's blood type is A. So he took blood from someone else? No. Where was I? At this point, police had no other choice at this moment but to dismiss him as the killer. Well, his DNA didn't match. What are you going to do about it? How? No. No. That's bullshit. How did they not just take his blood in front of... Like, did they take his blood for him or did he just give them some blood? They're like, hey, meet us at 2 p.m. in the cafeteria. Just give us some blood. It gets better. (laughs) It gets better. So the DNA that was collected at all six of these crime scenes matched each other. So yeah, they yeah. all know they're looking for one killer for yes. all of these cases, but it wasn't him. Okay, so they did blood. take it from him, but they it's just it from not him. matching. So that is his, and his, his is blood. not matching the crime scenes. I yes. see. Okay. Yes. So at this point, again, like I said, police dismissed him, um, but Andre was indeed charged for the theft with the encounter with the previous employee, and with this, Andre was actually stripped of his Communist Party membership. And you remember how important that was Ooh, to him. You don't like that. You did not like that. He was actually ordered to serve one year in prison, but was released in just three months. For what? No, I'm (laughs) sure for good behavior or some shit. Didn't say. Uh I'm sure. During this time, police would actually officially link 23 victims as being killed by the same perpetrator. So during this time, they're connecting all of these dots. And they had him in custody and they let him fucking go. After three months, yeah. Okay, that, you know how many times that happens? Like, that's so crazy how often that happened in, like, the 80s and yeah. whatever. Well, what's interesting about it is that it does seem like Andre does, like, maybe one a month, you know, or maybe, well, sometimes there was, like, three. But, you know, um, the spacing wouldn't be unusual. For him to be going missing for, like, three months, it wouldn't be unusual. That there was no That killer. there was no, yeah, because maybe they just didn't find a victim during that time. Yeah, but the fact that his DNA didn't match the crime scene is, like frustrating because they could have caught him right there right so at this time andre becomes very savvy and he becomes cautious so he starts um switching up his locations from where he's killing people Mm -hmm. so due to this there's a very real speculation how many victims andre actually had Mm. so he had 15 victims in 1984 alone and in 1985 he would have two what so he would, yeah. So he went from killing 15 people in one year to killing two the next year because he became very cautious. He became very aware. That's odd that he is able to control himself right? like that, especially with how impulsive he was in the previous right. year. So the next time that it's documented that he actually killed someone wasn't until 1987. But again, there's speculation of whether or not he actually committed any murders in 1986. So in 1987, he would kill three, but all three were murdered on business trips and nowhere no Rostov. Because he was getting nervous. Because that's where he was, li- yeah, that's where he was living. He continued to see the same MO, though. So, he, like, he picks up his victims from either bus stations or train stations, and then he mutilates the victims before and after death. So the following year, in 1988, he would begin killing in his own city again. Mm. So he would have three victims, and although two of those victims could not be linked to the serial killings at the time, the third left no doubt in the investigators' minds that the killer was actually back um, due to the severity of the crime and what it looked like. So 1989, he would have another five victims, and again, only two would be linked to the killer. Oh my god. Right? How many people is this at this time? Like, Jesus, it's like 50 people. 32. We'll get to the total in a second. So, out of sheer desperation at this point, cameras start beginning to be, like, installed at train stations, bus stops, and this is with the intention of capturing the killer on film. 
And the police department actually started conducting stings with female officers posing as young runways. Huh. Runaways, excuse me. But of course, it didn't stop Andre. He just became really cautious. He would actually have eight victims in the year of 1990. Oh my god. Six of these victims would be connected to the original ongoing investigation. So I know, like, we can sit here and talk shit about the cops' participations. They all seem like Mr. fucking Magoos. Like, they're just, like, running around like, boo, 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 yeah. you know? Um, but actually, what was interesting in what was happening in Russia at the time was that there was actually a stranglehold on the media in general, because this is Soviet Russia. So there wasn't a lot of things that were leaked or put out in the newspapers that Russia didn't want to happen. So it was always pretty much processed through a political eye. So, like, things like serial murders were not circulated. That's not something that Russia talked about. So around this time, which is 1990, 1991, it was kind of an awakening to f the freedom of media, if you will. So it's kind of bad news for Andre because... Well, get it? Sorry. Pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't give a fuck bad about news. bad news for Andre. <laughs> bad news for Andre. The media is spicing yeah, up. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> so, Put a picture um, of his flaccid penis out there, too, for the whole world <laughs> to gross. see. So in the mid-90s, the police department actually amped up their presence at the train stations and all that sort of stuff, right? Um, and of course, it started circulating that they're looking for this serial killer at this point, which, again, makes it more difficult for Andre. Oh, boo-hoo. Boo-boo-boo-boo. Um, so again, the police, like I said, were at train stations, bus stations, all this other stuff, bus stops. And what they were doing is that they wanted a very great noticeable police presence at certain locations to discourage him from committing crimes there. Yeah. But also funnel it in a way to where there were only undercover certain cops. locations where he could do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but there would be undercover cops at yeah. those locations. So not That's entirely really smart, obvious. Actually. Right? Did it stop him? Absolutely not. Uh, not. <laughs> so he managed to kill a further two more victims, one just days before the initiative to put those, those uh -huh. police officers out there, and one just two days after the initiative. So again, didn't How didn't discourage him. So on November 6th, an undercover officer was patrolling around a train station when a man came up onto the property looking disheveled. The man was coming from a direction of a nearby wooded area, and it was known to be a great spot to pick mushrooms, which apparently is a really big thing in Russia to go like mushroom picking. Yeah, the Weird. ones here will kill you. <laughs> So although this man was dressed pretty formally, he was carrying a sports bag of some kind, kind of like a gym bag, but not a gatherer's bag. So he was okay. like, okay, that's kind of peculiar. Like, oh, somebody just picking mushrooms. Wait, he's dressed kind of nice. And he's got like a gym bag like with him. a duffel bag, yeah. The officer observed the man stumble over to a water fountain or a well that was there on the property. And the man began to wash his hands and face in it. Making this kind of an unusual sight, the officer walked over to the man to check on him to make sure he was okay, and as he got closer, he could see the man had red streaks across his face and a deep wound to his hand. Blood, perhaps? The officer noticed that the man had grass stains and mud stains on his knees, elbows, and arms. The officer asked the man to prove his identity in the form of government papers, which the man did, and nothing really to keep the man or, like, arrest him for anything necessarily, the officer just let him go. However, when the officer returned to his station, he did no denote the time and the odd behavior at the red streak in the man's name, Andrei Chikatilo. He didn't, like, pull him up and see that he's an ex, like, I don't want to say convict, but he went to jail. Like, he didn't pull that record up and see, oh, he's been to jail no, before. I guess he just didn't give a shit. This guy. <laughs> didn't give a shit. He's disheveled and bloody and clearly <laughs> has just been digging somewhere. Yeah. Oh, we're looking for a serial killer, but this seems legit. Literally. <laughs> 
So on the 13th, the body of a 22-year-old woman, Svetlana, was found in the same wooded area that Andrei was seen walking away from in front of the officer. I blame that cop entirely. After the reports of the officer's experience, Andrei's own purchase of a train ticket that day, combined with the fact that Andrei had now been under suspicion at least two other times by police officers, mm-hmm. Andrei was again brought in for questioning. And let me guess, they let him go. Well, you'll just have to see. Furthermore, officers began to dig through Andre's living situations as far as, like, where his locations were and, like, his business trip logs, linking even more victims to the killer. Oh, it's weird how that happens. <laughs> Police had interviewed at this point several former colleagues who, had, who were told of his odd behavior and the advancement on the young girls that he taught. Mm-hmm. So after being taken into custody, Andre complained about his arrest, saying that they had the wrong guy. And the police just, just oh are probably God. just, you know, just confused, those bumbling idiots. I mean, obviously. He's just a stand-up <laughs> citizen. Why him? So the wound the, that um, he had had on his hand that was observed by the officer from the train station was now in full view of officers, and um, they actually noticed that it was a bite mark. So... Hell yeah, whoever did that, and he was bleeding that much? It was actually so severe that it broke the bones in his hand. Bad bitch alert. Right? Andre had tried to treat it with iodine at home, and he never sought medical treatment for it. I hope it got infected and pussy. This injury was actually the result of his second-to-last victim Andre had. He was a 16-year-old boy named Victor. The crime scene was actually very extensive because Victor had fought extremely hard because he was a very fit kid. And so, like, the area was just a mess. Yeah. So this is consistent with the type of damage that Andre has sustained to his hand. And again, Andre's blood was taken at the jail. He was placed in a cell, and um, within this cell, police actually plant an informant, although Andre would say nothing about his crimes to this man at all. Damn. So when interrogated the next day, police chose the angle of convincing Andre that he was in need of, like, serious help. Like, he was like, you have a condition, you need to treat this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, hopefully that he would just confess. And that maybe, like, if he confessed that, you know, the courts would take mercy on him, or maybe, you know, he might even gain an insanity plea. So they worked this angle for angle for a while, and it just didn't work. So the blood that comes back, um, you know, it the test comes back, and it confirms that Andre's blood type is, in fact, A, However, at this point, police know that Andre is the murderer, so, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Police start thinking about what the problem could be, and they decided to take into account that the blood samples, they, or the DNA samples that they had from the crime scene were semen samples, not blood samples. Okay. And I don't know how, don't ask me how, but they obtain a semen sample from Andre. Oh! <laughs> I don't know how. With the don't ask me. <laughs> With all the lube that he had. All the lube. <laughs> That's so... How... What the... F- I don't know. I don't even know how you would ac- actually ask somebody or get get a warrant for a semen sample like that. But, but also, like, what... The, like... But how? Yeah. Uh, that makes me scared. So it turns out that Andre is actually a person who is considered a non-secretor. Have you ever heard this yes, term? Yes, I have. Aww. A non-secretor is defined as an individual of a blood group AB or AB who does not secrete the antigens characteristic of blood groups and, bl- and bloody fluids, such as blood or saliva. So his semen was AB, but his blood was A. Yeah, that's fucking Isn't that wild. weird? What a lucky son of a bitch. Right? God. 
This still didn't get Andre to confess, however, to either to ease his conscience or to get the cops off of the murder case issue, he did confess to sexually assaulting previous students of his. Oh, what a hero. I know. Andre had actually written various letters to Dr. Bukanovsky, who was a psychiatrist who worked alongside the police to come up with a psychological profile of the presumed killer. Me, in the future. (laughs) (laughs) So the profile was described as, quote, a reclusive man aged 45 to 50 years old who had endured a painful and isolated childhood. He was incapable of, incapable of flirting or courtship with a woman. This individual is well-educated, likely to be married and to have fathered children, but also a sadist who suffered from impotence and could achieve sexual arousal only by seeing his victims suffer. The murderers, them- the murders themselves were an analog to the sexual intercourse this individual was incapable of performing, and his knife became a substitute for a penis which failed to function normally. That's like heavy. That's heavy. That is intense. But it's so accurate. It's so accurate. So Dr. Bukanovsky actually um, determined that because of the locations that many of the victims were lured from or found near, transportation hubs, of course, that the killer likely traveled themselves for work. Oh. Furthermore, because a great portion of these murders had occurred on the weekend, the doctor stated that he believed the killer to work on the weekdays and off on the weekends. So back to why Andre wrote the letters, since he had followed the case so closely and the criteria was actually published in the newspapers, Andre had wrote the man and said pretty much, oh, this is why someone would think it would be me. He's so fucking arrogant. Right? Such a narcissist. Like, you thought that would work. (laughs) (laughs) No, they think they're smarter than everyone. They think they can outwit everyone. So a few days later on the 29th of November, investigators actually invited Bukanovsky to sit in on questioning alongside him. The doctor's 65-page psychological profile was with him. Within two hours of the interview, Andre began to cry and confess to the crimes that he had committed. Damn, Uh, Bukanovsky is... I know, damn, Bukanovsky hit hard! (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Bukanovsky. I hope I'm that good one day. (laughs) Andre said about the encounter, quote, He already knew me. And when he recounted everything about my life, how people had humiliated me, shot at me, and trampled me from infancy, it was bitter, of course. I cried in front of him, and I said, how do you know all of this? All of my life, I had never even had a friend, not one. There was no one close enough to me, and this person was the closest to me, even now. I cried in front of him, and I told him everything, and I held nothing back. Oh, that's really kind of sad. That's really sad. That's really sad. That's really sad, but, like... How fucking powerful is that Bukanovsky dude right? just, like, coming in there like, hey, I know everything about you that you don't even know. And, and that's, here that's it what's is. incredible is, like, it, it does come down to the psychology of it. Like the, it does. The, 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 the inner workings of the mind and why people do things the way that they do things or how they do things or why they say yeah. the things that they do comes down to previous experience. Yeah. And not that any of it's excusable, but it's... It, it, it almost makes it a little bit easier to listen to and hear about whenever you, and research whenever you kind of can think about it from not just one perspective, but 18 different perspectives, yeah. you know, like, and that's, that's true for any, any situation in life. Right. Yeah. It was, it's really intense, like, to know that he felt the closest person to him was a stranger that just knew what his, like, how his mind worked. Like, that was important to, to him. To think that, like, if someone, with that influence had been a part of his life when he was younger, like, none of this maybe wouldn't have happened, right. you know? So Andre would go on to confess 
36 of the 38 crimes the police had linked him to. Wow. Andre gave detailed descriptions um, about each victim that he confessed to, including locations and how he mutilated them. Oh, my god! So he remembered all of it. Um, he even was able to draw sketches of some of the scenes. He remembered them so well. On the 30th of November, Chikatilo was charged with all 36 confessed murders. However, Chikatilo would go on to confess to a further 20 more murders that police never initially linked him to. Oh my gosh. He would go on to lead investigators to locating three victims as they had not been found until that point. And unfortunately, three of the victims were never found. Oh man. Pre-trial, Andre was evaluated over a 60-day period and it was determined that he did in fact suffer with extreme prenatal brain damage, Mm -hmm. um, which was the... Wet brain was the layman's term. Oh, yeah. And he also gained a, quote, steady but gradual descent into perversion, which had been compounded by biological and environmental factors, end quote. Wow. Which led to him becoming violent in order to decrease his tension. He was ultimately diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. However, it was also determined that he was fit to stand trial. His trial would start in April of 1992, and he was charged with 53 counts of murder, as well as several sexual assault charges brought on from his confession of teaching young people. Given the way that the new media was conducted again, this is post-Soviet Russia, the media just kind of ate it up, no pun intended, but they called him a cannibal and a monster, Mm -hmm. which of course is like, duh, like you're you're sensationalizing it. But the most sensational part about all of it was that when Andre was sitting in the courthouse, he was actually put into an iron cage. And this was mostly because they were fearful that a family member might attack him. But it still played into that, like, animal. Like, he looks like an animal. And again, it's just, like, completely... It was, like, one of the biggest stories to come out post-Soviet Russia. Yeah. So it was, like talk about like a scott peterson or something you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like just something that just gets eaten up scooped up and just always talked about andre was described as loud and almost angry when being asked about any trinkets or organs that he might have taken from the victims this is all throughout the trial however andre was described as evasive or even dismissive when talking about crime details such as his mo like where he would pick up victims and what like types of wounds he would inflict Hmm. so he would be really like it's almost like when he was like um accused of being a thief right he clearly has a problem with that because it's like oh let me ask you you know did you take any souvenirs or did you take 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 yeah and that's all he hears is like i didn't take anything i didn't take anything like i'm not a thief yeah but then when it would come to the mo like well where did you pick up this person and he's already confessed to all these things this is just in the trial he would just be like, oh, I don't know, maybe somewhere around there. I don't really know. Da, da, da. Like, very aloof. And so maybe it's because, like, during his recollections, maybe it's like he wants to keep those details private to himself. I think so. I mean, like, or maybe he's like, I already confessed to that other guy. Just ask him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, save us all some time. So when asked if he chose his victims based on gender or lifestyle, he was quoted in saying, quote, I did not need to look for them. Every step I took, they were there. End quote. Oh my God. After rising tensions between the judge and the prosecutors, Andre refused to participate in court proceedings for three days straight. So when he, he can just do like, that? He just stopped talking. He stopped, like, he was supposed to be on the stand confessing, and he just stopped talking. Can't and they this just be like, okay, like, that's, throw out with that? Like, no, man, this continue? is Russia. What do you want from me? <laughs> it's wild. 
yeah, this is after um, the judge and the prosecutor would make comments all the time, like, oh, shut up. You're not crazy. Like, shut up. We all know you're not crazy. Yeah. Just lawlessness. So he refused. That he, like, is crazy, but at the same time, like, that's kind of fucked up. So he, well, they were trying to prove that he knew what he was doing the whole time, that well, he wasn't yeah, crazy, course. right? Well, yeah, of course, we don't have to taunt him. Right. But then again, he's a fucking murderer, so I don't know why I'm defending him. Well, Andre felt at this point that he wasn't getting a fair trial, so that's why he was like, well, I'm just gonna shut up. I demand a new trial. Yeah. You, you're already treating me like I'm guilty. I mean, he confessed, and he's guilty, but <laughs> <laughs> the judge doesn't know that. Oh my god. <laughs> So, um, after him being silent for three days straight, the trial was actually suspended for two more weeks. And again, he felt like he wasn't getting a fair trial. Um, so Andre actually, during this time, he withdrew some of his confessions. Why? Like, what just the to, fuck? Just to be, be a, a jerk. Dick. So th- that was during the hiatus. And, um, he actually tried to claim more victims during this too. Oh, I thought but, he meant like kill people. No, he like, tried. No, he tried to say that he yeah, had to take credit for whatever. And I think mostly it was just to kind of like throw everything out of whack, right? Like yeah. to just be chaotic. At this point, his counsel had moved to um, like they pushed for another evaluation because they were just like, well, we're all just kind of sitting on our fucking hands anyways. Mm-hmm. And if we can get an evaluation that says that he's crazy because he's doing all these erratic things, then you know. Bukanovsky actually testified um, about the pro so when court would resume eventually, um, and Andre would continue to have outbursts, um, but not participate in the trial. <laughs> Basically, he would just be in his little cage and he would slam things. Like, around. Objection! Hearsay. Like, yeah, oh, you're not even speaking. <laughs> just be yeah. So Bukanovsky actually testified about the profile he had developed, and furthermore, he stated that all of Andre's a- antics in the courtroom was actually to convince the courts that he was insane. Oh. But, um, basically he was proving that this is actually the work of someone who's quite intelligent, not somebody who's a madman. Yeah, exactly. So on October 14th, 1992, Andre was found guilty of the 52 of the 53 murders he went on trial for. This also included five guilty convictions of the sexual misconduct for the students that he had taught. Wow. Um... Do you know when, what happened with the 53rd murder? Yeah, um, it was insufficient evidence. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So when asked if he had anything to say, he was silent. Um, of course. The next day, Andre was sentenced to death for all 52 counts of murder. And Andre was kicking his cell and shouting about and all this sort of stuff. But again, when asked if he wanted to go on the record, he stayed silent. On the 14th of February, 1994, Chikatilo was taken from his death row cell to a soundproof room in his prison and was executed with a single gunshot behind the right ear. He was buried in an unmarked grave at the prison cemetery. They just shot him in the fucking head. Yeah, that was his execution. I don't know, man. I feel like he should have suffered a little bit more. Too kind? Too kind. Wow, that's... Is that the end? Yeah. That's so wild. Isn't that... Isn't that such a trip? That's that such an intense, intense, it, like, I, I wish I could find more quotes of him, but like I said, he didn't really, other than him, like, yelling and shouting in his trial, he didn't have much to say. And I just thought that was really interesting. That Yeah, that is really wild. And he just, like, went out, like, quiet. Right? Not talking about any of it. Like, he confessed that once, but the only person he clearly trusted was that psychiatrist. Because he broke him. Yeah. That's so scary. Isn't it? Ugh. 
Well, I just Hi. wanted to say that was a really good two-parter. Thank you guys so much for being so patient with us. We have been so busy. Um, if you want to, you can follow us on Patreon. It is uh, patreon.com slash diagnosingakiller. If you want to, follow us on Facebook. <laughs> we don't have a Facebook. <laughs> follow we don't us. have a Facebook? I don't think so. Hmm. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it is Diagnosing a Killer. It is at Killer Diagnosis on Twitter, and we do have Patreon, like I said, and we do have a. I don't know, there's something else. Oh, what? I already said Twitter. I think that's Gmail. It. Oh, yes. And you can email us if you'd like us to have any suggestions, or if you just want to give us any, any suggestions or any uh, tips, pointers, anything. We want to hear from you guys. So it's uh, Diagnosing a Killer at gmail.com. I'm excited to do more research. It's going to be now great. Now that Andre's gonna, over. Yeah, oh, we're definitely going to continue with this um, momentum now that we're both kind of settled in our new schedules, and we look forward to you guys hearing or hearing from you guys, and thank you guys for listening to us. Yeah, thanks. We'll see you on the mental breakdown. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.